Um, we have worked in North Australia for seven years in Arnhem Land, the Aboriginal communities, then moved to Papua New Guinea. We've worked there for 13 years. We never thought we'd leave. We love it there and we love the people and the need is huge. But here we are moving again. Um, I got an email yesterday or the day before from one of our great chiefs in MAF International in England and he was talking about riding his bike to work and had to ride through an underpass that got flooded a few times when the rains came and the rivers came up and he uh, was using this as some sort of convoluted um, e example of how he had to uh, learn to trust God and one of the things he pointed out at the end of the, at the uh, little lesson he was giving was how much MAF is struggling at the moment for lack of staff. We're not the only mission organisation in the world and we're not the only one struggling for lack of staff at, at the moment either. Uh, the face of mission is changing a lot around the world. But he was asking us all to pray about our staffing situation. MAF at the moment in most of its fields, not all of them, but most of them, is running with quite a lot less numbers of pilots and engineers than we really need. Uh, the, the logical outcome of that is we don't do as much work as we could do if we had more people and more hands. He was saying that when he was thinking about this desperate need and, and wondering about it like all CEOs do, how am I going to fix this problem, that he, he was drawn back to what God said about um, him, God being the one that will supply the needs. And the verse he came up with, of course, was... Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, start off with the picture. The verse he came up with, of course, the, was the um, uh, one about the harvest is white. Praise, pray to God that he brings workers for the harvest. And it wasn't that the verse was a complaint against God. It was just that a, a statement of fact, there's a big harvest and the workers are few, but that's not our problem. The, the outcome of that verse was pray to the Lord of the harvest. It's his harvest. So he was asking us all to pray, for the, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send the people we need. Now, our idea of need and his idea of need may be a bit different. Um, <laughs> that has happened before. Jenny and I are leaving Papua New Guinea at a time when the numbers of pilots are lower than they've been for oh, ever since we've been there, really. Um, when we left, there were 11 pilots left flying in Papua New Guinea for MAF. At some stage in the 70s, we had 35 or more pilots. Now, God knows what he's doing, but to our human eyes, the amount of work there is staggering. Since the 70s, infrastructure in the country is collapsing. The need seems to be getting greater and greater, and yet the Lord's pulling back the number of pilots. We're going to pray for more pilots because we can see a lot of harvest, um, but he knows how to do it. We'd ask you to join with us and pray for more, more pilots, more engineers. Because the problem with getting more pilots is they fly a lot harder, so the planes wear out quicker, so you need more engineers to fix them. And if you've got more pilots, you need more planes again, so it's a big sort of circle of need. But God knows what, what it's all about. He knows where the money's coming from and he knows where the people are coming from. We also have needs of all sorts of other support staff um, that have to go along with building any organisation bigger. And it's not just in, in PNG that we're running out of staff. God made it very plain to us in September while we were back in Perth that he wants us to move. 
he wants us to move to East Timor, where we hadn't actually considered moving. MAF has had one plane and one pilot family there for about five years. But the United Nations peacekeepers all left East Timor. There's an East Timor now. Um, they all left in the end of December. And so the workload for MAF is going to climb a lot. They took all their aeroplanes and pilots with them and helicopters, and that leaves a grand total of one aircraft based in Dili for the whole country. Um, there's some helicopters that belong to the mining companies that just do crew transfers, but everybody else that needs to fly in the country has to look to us now. So they asked us to go there to double the staff, basically. Um, God has made it very plain to us that that's what he wants us to do. So we'll be heading off to Dili, the big red square on the north coast there, uh, in about three and a half weeks to start flying there. Initially still with one plane, but we expect that we're going to need more than that. So MAF is actively fundraising for another aeroplane. Um, Dili and all of his team was largely nominal Roman Catholic. Um, about 89% or something claim some sort of Catholicism. But it's like a lot of countries, the, the Catholicism is a very thin layer over the top of animist religion. Uh, Operation Mobilisation is counting something like 19 people groups there that they're basically unreached. So there's a lot of work for Christian Mission to do there. And so missionaries around the world, or missions around the world are sending people. There's a lot of missionaries in the country and they're ones and twos. There's no big organisation there. Part of what we do is to try and make their job happen. The mission, the, you know, the fields are white to harvest. The workers are starting to arrive and so that's our call now to make their job easier. Um, the next thing we have to do when we get there is go out into the bush and start looking at airstrips because there's only seven airstrips in the whole country that are open at the moment. And so we need your prayers for that as well so that we can reopen some of the old ones the Portuguese left back in the 60s un unused and maybe open some more to serve the people better. Last one, rice fields. They grow rice up there. It's Asia. That's what you do. Uh, just a reminder to leave you with a verse again that the, that the fields are full of harvest out there and it's not just in East Timor where we're going um, this is a very small field for us when we were in North Australia we were a very small part of a very big machine and in PNG it was the same but now we're being tossed out a little bit on our own with just the two pilots a long way from anywhere so we'd welcome your prayers for a million different things in the church notices, I noticed somebody's kindly reprinted our latest prayer points, things we need to ask for, so take it, pin it to your forehead or somebody else's forehead and keep looking at it. We'd love you to keep praying for those sorts of things for us. Um, and after lunch, talk to us about anything that God might be putting on your heart to ask about, and uh, we'd be happy to help you with that. I think that's all I need to say. Encourage you to prayer, that's really it. No. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we're just going to have three songs before we um, have a kid's story today. Anna Marie's all ready and raring to go.
for a kid's story and she has some activities at the back for the kids this morning. Um, so let's stand and uh, worship God together and, and raise the roof and have a good time singing these songs.
Anna-Marie, yeah. can you please bring these little children there? Kids talk?
I think that was a wonderful kid's story and I think all the kids up until 99 years of age would have enjoyed that story. And enjoy your activities, kids, around the back. Um, now comes to our uh, time of prayer in the church and this week's prayer topic is outreach and how wonderful it is to have Mike and Jenny here with our outreach um, <coughs> missions and stuff like that so we're just going to invite them to come up the front and uh, ask Steve and John and John Ansell to come and we're just going to have special prayer for Jenny and Mike uh, but before we do that uh, I just would like to um, have a short prayer for the outreach the local outreach um, for our super club that's starting just please bow in prayer. Dear Father God, we just thank you that we can come to you today. We thank you, Lord, for special people um, who come and do your work in other places. We thank you, Lord, that for the local outreach, Lord, the super club that we um, have in our school um, that's outreach to children. Uh, Lord, we touch some about 20, up to 25 children there um, on a weekly basis and we just pray Lord for this mission um, we pray for Anna Marie for Nick and who, all the people who um, make the afternoon tea um, provide for the kids we just um, give, ask them to ask you to give them the strength uh, for what's needed for that mission Lord we just ask you that you'll be with it and your hand will be over it and everything um, to do with it Amen We are thankful our Father in Heaven for Mike and Jenny who are able to visit us today. We thank you our Father for the busyness that they have been involved in and we thank you that uh, uh, everything we think is going to plan. Uh, there, is, there are many uh, facets of uh, preparation that are needed and Father we uh, do pray that you would go before them and uh, iron out many of these facets. We thank you for the, uh, the various uh, fellowship groups that have made invitation uh, for them to visit and we do pray uh, for those opportunities as well. We pray to our Father for uh, Joshua's need uh, of accommodation while his mother and father are uh, overseas and while he uh, begins at the university, uh, there needs to be a family that he can relate to for accommodation uh, at the time being. And we pray, our Father, that you would still work in the hearts of someone in the, the, uh, the general region of where this is going to be uh, an advantage. So we thank you, O Lord, for the uh, family members uh, who are students and, uh, and Hannah who is uh, at last been able to uh, get to employment and especially near to home instead of being away in some other capital city or even overseas. Thank you for all these good things that you have been doing for the, for the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Henry, Father, we... We, uh, we are so privileged to have uh, Michael and Jenny here because uh, most of us didn't really know 
what mission, what the mission, what the um, MAF stood for, and I've and we have been educated, and, uh, and we pray for. We hear how there's equipment required, there's pilots required, because there's such a need out there. And like Michael said, no, God knows you. You know what you're doing, and uh, we we know that uh, you will go ahead of them and and uh, put things in place to uh, to to uh, to grow your church. We are, uh, the, the Michael and Jenny are going to be very busy in the next probably two or three weeks and we ask for your strength and your uh, uh, and your peace mm. uh, because uh, it can be quite a taxing time to uh, to all the things they need to do so we ask for for your strength and uh, and your uh, your patience in Jesus name mm. God, we also pray that the licensing bits and pieces that need to be sorted out to get over there to do the work of for you, that you know that they are going there, God, and you know that you will sort this out for them. We pray for their all their stuff that's being taken across there, that it'll find the right country, and you'll your hand will be there to it's good to have stuff from home even when you're far away and that all these things will turn up without getting destroyed and God we pray that you also give them strength as they go around and start their work over there Amen Now Jenny is going to um, bring us her section of the talk, sorry John Sharp arrows of the warrior with the burning coals of the broom tree. Woe is me, for I sojourn in Meshach, for I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Those words are from Psalm 120 which is at the beginning of the Psalms of Ascent, of which 134, which Glenys read, is from the end. Um, what, is this, what does it mean? Does he mean living in places of violence, that we should avoid that? Is it a metaphor that says stay away from troublemakers, stay away from people we're going to lead you astray. Some fairly horrible images behind me of violence. But 
if that's so, if it's a stay away from this sort of thing, what about Jesus? What about the fact that he ate with tax collectors and sinners, that one of his closest friends, one of his disciples was Simon the extremist, some would even say the terrorist. What does it say about Paul and Peter and the disciples who were living in places of violence? What does it say about us living here in the West? Um, Last year I did a study with some other ladies on the Psalms of Ascent and we read those great Psalms from 120 to 134 um, and looked at how they were written to celebrate the Israelites' return from captivity and going back to Jerusalem. We read about how they're still said to this day and how Jesus' disciples would have sang them and said them as they went up to the graced feasts every year, that physical journey from wherever they were up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts. But also, they are a metaphor for our spiritual journey, for that they illustrate the great doctrines that Paul talks about in his letters, the practical instructions that, they, that are given in the New Testament about us as a people of God being part of the heavenly city. In Corinthians, we, that well-known passage that says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God and you are not your own. In one sense, we all know it's my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, but in the other, that word your is actually plural. It's our body, the body of Christ, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the body of believers are Jerusalem, are a picture of Jerusalem. And as individuals in in the West, we concentrate so hard on my walk with Christ and who I am and so much of scripture is actually talking about us as a body and us as believers being one and as believers being filled with the Holy Spirit as a body Psalm 120 I'll read from the beginning. In my trouble I cried to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with the burning coals of the broom tree. Woe is me, for I sojourn in Meshech, for I dwell in the tents of Kedar. Too long has my soul had its dwelling place with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And when we see it in its context, it's actually the picture of an individual who is far from that body of Christ, far from the body of believers. It's really interesting when you read through these Psalms of Ascent, the individual that me and my, there's individual responsibility for sin, but there's also when you're far away from God, you're separated, you're on your own, not just from God, but from the body. 
And as the Psalms of Ascent go through and as they journey to Jerusalem, it's a coming together. In 121, the next one, it's that that famous psalm that we've all heard at the beginning, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's not from the mountains. It's from the Lord who made heaven and earth and a recognition that he won't allow our foot to slip, that he doesn't ever sleep, that he will keep us as we journey with him. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. And then we get to 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. And so we get to that time when they're together. Our feet are standing We are together. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for the peace, not just of the physical Jerusalem, but of that body of believers who are together. And then, in 123, it's not just the body of believers. It is all about God. It's to you I lift my eyes, you who are enthroned in the heavens. And he talks about in 123.2 about being so dependent upon God as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress. And then later when he's talking about as a winged child relying on God, that total reliance upon God and our focus upon him. And we often get so carried away with being just people and what we can see physically and and yes, it's great to meet together, but we meet together and our reliance still needs to be on him. And at that at the end of that Psalm 123 and verse 4 is the first mention of a phrase that he repeats several times through the rest of the Psalms is our soul. That recognition, it's really interesting to think of a, a whole group of people having a collective soul and a lot of Those words, I mean, most of us know in the next psalm the the words, our soul has escaped like a bird out of the hands of the fowler. I don't know about you, but when I learnt it or when I learnt it singing, it's my soul has escaped. But the way it's written is actually our soul. And that whole idea of us being a body and not just us here, us here and there and everywhere in the world. And then Paul brings this idea, if you read through his letters, he's got these great doctrines. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, redemption and all of that. But then at the end of all of his letters, it's greet such and such and say hello to this person and 
you know, he knows so many people in all these churches and he's asking for prayer and he's asking for money and he's keeping them in touch. And in these days of, you know, aeroplanes and telephones and internet and everything else, that's something that we are very used to. But if you think about the fact that he was wandering around in the Middle East, and that's a huge region when he was doing it by foot, and yet he's linking through his letters these little bodies of believers all over the place and illustrating his doctrines by his very care for individuals and getting one body over there to pray for this lot over here. The email yesterday um, that Michael talked about from Chris Lukian was talking about how it often seems like in some of our place, PNG, for example, that you're just drowning in this flood because there's just not enough pilots and there's so much work and it just feels like drowning and I wanted Michael to mention it because Psalm 124 says, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they would have swallowed us alive. Then the waters would have engulfed us. Then the stream would have swept over our soul. Then the raging waters would have swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the hands of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The next few of the Psalms of Ascent talks about, in picture form, the same things that Paul's talking about in the New Testament, about living as family, about the blessings of God, about praying, about getting stuck in sin and being redeemed. And it talks about that body of believers in Jerusalem and asking for blessing on family and just I just love the way the Old Testament, as you can probably tell, fits with the New Testament. You've got all these practical things in the New Testament and you've also got the doctrines. But here it is in the Psalms hundreds of years before in a picture, in poetic form that, yeah, it's almost like God had it all planned all the way through, right? (laughs) I love 126. When the Lord brought back the captive ones with Zion, it was like we were dreaming. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. And that's in the midst of the trouble. He doesn't try and play down the fact that there are still enemies, that there is still this flood overwhelming you. But the Lord has brought us and redeemed us. 
and actually 127 is for us, <laughs> talking about <laughs> unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. It's vain for you to rise early, to retire late, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. And he's not saying don't work hard, but he's saying unless it's of the Lord, it's pointless. And so, coming to the end of the Psalms, Behold, bless the Lord, all the servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. We are so encouraged to be able to come and speak to churches like you guys. We were really blessed at Christmas when we got a Christmas card signed by all of you. Um, It's just so important and so vital for us as to realize that we are part of that body of believers like the song we were singing first in the Amazon and in PNG and in Bulgaria and we are part of that. We are part of the work that God is doing and the same God who is with you as you go out and do the super club or go to work every day is the same God who we're going to serve in East Timor and the same God who's with those persecuted believers in North Korea and who knows what's happening with the gun strife in the US. And we bless him. Thank you, Jeannie, very much. I'll just pin this on so it's not so loud.